Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm joined today by David Malunas. So David, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, you're very welcome. I'm pleased to have you on the show. David is a published author and project manager in the IT business. And Cindy is his wife, and she's also a leader in the wealth management business. And together, they co-host a great personal finance podcast called Something on My Mind. And this podcast provides a fresh take on personal finance tips and budgeting debt management, and investing principles that you can use in your everyday life. But they also do it with a sense of humor, which is often lacking in financial services. And believe you me, I know that I've been in this business for a long, long time. (laughs) Uh, Sadly, Cindy can't be with us today. Uh, She has other commitments. However, uh, David, please share with us some insights into who you are and why people should tune into your fantastic podcast. Um, basically I'm going to say about 15, 20 years ago, I started putting a book together and I didn't even know what I was doing, but I've always been good with money. And I put this thing together because I was just helping people with finance and, uh, and I, and it was very hard to get published and I got published and it wasn't a big house, but it was a house. And, um, I basically wrote it as a textbook and I didn't realize it. And they told me if I would have created a textbook, I probably would be working for myself right now <laughs> instead oh, of, nice. Of dabbling because textbooks, you know, cost a lot of money back then. Yeah. Um, but I've always been good. At, <clears throat> excuse me. I've always been good with money. So basically, I've been helping people, kind of like a financial coach for many years with their budgeting side, um, along with the book. And I've had some, uh, you know, wrote articles and did a lot of things like that. Um, I really should have been a financial planner like my wife is, and I just didn't do that. And it, that's my fault. Um, but I've been able to, to work on that side of it to really help people out. And um, it's been very rewarding. But what I will say is that I married uh, Cindy 10 years ago. And so when we met, she was in financial wealth management. So there was a nice pairing there that even from the beginning, we we always talked about helping and giving back, but we needed to establish our lives first. Um, So through the time, um, actually in Cindy's case, for example, um, she was uh, not high up on the food chart or food chain, and uh, I saw her potential and I'm like, Cindy, you've been in the business for many years. You're a woman and they're respecting women now more, especially in the financial world. Yeah. And I think you really need to work on that. I think you're not, if you're going to work a day in your life, you might as well get the most out of it and get paid properly and help people out to the, to where you want to help them, where, where you're trying to achieve. You're not reaching that goal. So she really, really grinded out for a while. Uh, she had the, she went into like a management program and then she was managing like 80 people at one point and really just working a lot of hours and time, but to get to another spot. And then she, um, she didn't quite get where she wanted to go with her organization at the time. So she, she branched out off on her own with an independent practice and uh, it just launched her to new heights. And um, she was able to take all those skills, especially when you're in a smaller firm, but they have a really large book because they're in, they're number one in Michigan, actually. Really? Um, independent practice now. So so she does 401k compliance and she manages clients wealth and all or she knows everything. So the woman is fantastic. So it's a nice pairing. So basically her wealth side with the budget side. And then I know a lot about the stock market and whatnot in the economy. It pairs really nice. So when COVID hit, you know, a lot of people did this, let's create a podcast, but we wanted to make sure that we um, did it right. So we bought nice equipment to start and then yep. we, we really spent a long time trying to, to get good at it, but we were horrible to begin with. We, you know, we look at it. <laughs> I've been there. I'm probably still horrible, but I'm trying. <laughs> it's amazing. You were like, 
we've said before, it takes a lot of time to put in effort to create these things and get, get a message you want to send in a chemistry and a flow because yeah. there's two of us. It took a long time to um, just sound comfortable and um, just roll things off the tongue. And now we just kind of look at our notes a little bit and keep moving because we know all the subject that we're talking about, unless it's factual or statistical, we um, don't have to work too hard at it. Um, but the, the mindset was, we don't want to create a show and then die out because you know, two thirds of them do within like they 90 do, yeah. days. Yeah. Right. And so we, that's not the path we took. Let, let's do this right. You know, we've, since we're, you know, we manage money, we have money to spend. So we, we really put some time into that and grew that. And so that was April of 2020. And we wanted to deliver a message um, that was a little different. So we'll take a, a personal finance subject and really break it down or we'll cover subjects. No one thinks about like the cost for weddings or what happens to lottery winners um, or why did game, like we'll explain GameStop, but, but do it in a way where it's understandable. So people walk away and they get something out of it rather than spending 45 minutes on what, how 401k works. We're going to take a piece of something to give it to you, but we wanted to do this in a satirical and a fun way so that, you know, we talk about some other things, but mainly we have a financial piece every week and we just do it with fun and we take our history and our relationship and our experience of life because we're older. We're yeah. able to deliver a program. We feel that um, it resonates with people. And I think that's why our success has been pretty good because I think they're finding they can pick what they want to choose out of the program. They can laugh a little bit and we're real, but we don't want to overly talk about ourselves. We want you to be with us. Like you're asking a question, having a beer with us at the pub. Yeah. And then that, so we want that comfortable comfort or comfort factor. And that's, that's why we did it. And I think that's why it's working. Uh, that's so important. I think the advantage you've two of you have got is you've, you've got two different skill sets uh, and you come from, from a different angle. So it's good to hear that you are having these conversations as if you are uh, a couple of friends in the pub talking about these issues. And as a result of that, you're talking in layman's terms. So mm. most people, if not everybody, can understand what you are saying. Uh, and that is difficult in the financial services industry uh, because there's a lot of, uh, should we say, terminology that is used that maybe uh, the, ma the man or person in the street wouldn't necessarily understand. Yeah, so that that's probably takes the longest time when, uh, if I put the script notes together, if I explain, uh, like this week, we're going to talk about the meme stocks again. We talked about GameStop, yeah. you know, back in February, but we'll, we'll break it down in very simplistic form or even show a, a diagram. So I can just say, hey, I bought... I bought uh, one iPhone for 80 bucks from you and I want it to go down and I can cash it in at 60 and make 20 bucks. You know, like, I know that sounds very simple, but to get it to that simple level is very important, but also capture the subject that people hear about because you can't talk about 401ks all the time. You, had, you know, we had talked about the meme stocks. You got to talk about crypto. We talked about inflation recently. How does, how does the stock market um, is affected by the economy? But try to, yeah, it's difficult, but um, you don't want to be too dumbed down. You want to cover the broad spectrum. Yeah. So anybody can come in and pick what they want because not every, most podcasts only like, I think half of them even get listened to fully. So give them something they can take away. And then what we also do is we always have like a five or six um, number of recap items at the end of each podcast about that subject. Say, Hey, and these are like reminders of what we talked about. We find that actually people give us great feedback because we give them that reminder at the end because they don't catch everything when you listen verbally, especially. Yeah, I, I, that is one of the, uh, the keys I, I uh, got from you listening to your podcast because I think that last part is so important, is that you're recapping on these important uh, topics, if you like, and obviously the, the aspects that you, uh, you've been talking about doing that podcast. And a nice summary is useful for anybody. Uh, because if they have perhaps missed the point earlier, the summary usually just uh, put, put it more succinctly so people can understand it, even if they've forgotten what you said earlier. Yeah, and I think the other the two things that um, – one thing that we think about is, is it, we, we care. So we want everybody to be successful, and we hope that comes out. And sometimes we get passionate at the end. And the other thing that we do, number two, is that we don't tell you what to do we give you the options of what you can do because you have to be your own financial decision yep. maker. and people, they don't look at personal finance. And I know we'll get to some of this later in our interview, but it should be like right up there with your career, your job, your family. If you, if you're religious, whatever those pillars are, that needs to be one of the pillars. And that's, what's forgotten about um, probably globally as you and I have talked before yeah. Yeah. about that's what gets missed and people don't treat it like that. So we try to, 
give those people the options and they show that we care and we're trying to help them out rather than tell you to go buy Microsoft or something. We're like, no, this is what we, you can do. If you follow these steps and do these things or do your own homework, but here's the tools, you can do this. Everybody can achieve these things that, that we explain and talk about. Uh, it's often some of the subjects that people don't like to ask because rather than appear uh, stupid or silly by asking certain questions, uh, I find that's also an issue with a lot of people. But when they listen to uh, the podcast such as yours, then those issues are dispelled because there's no silly question. Um, we've all had what we may have uh, deemed as being silly questions in the past, but people uh, have questions and how small or big they are or silly they appear to be as we all know if you were thinking it lots of other people are thinking those things as well and financial services or financial matters is one of those ones where to some people it's a foreign language so it's nothing wrong with not being sure of what something means because you're not alone there 100 percent, 100 percent. that we said that in class right and it's, it's true. And even if you like you, you're a wealth show, I, yeah. I, we're a, a wealth podcast, if you will, <clears throat> you can go find these answers anywhere, <clears throat> but you need the delivery, <clears throat> excuse me, you need a delivery mechanism to sometimes you need to hear it from somebody else. So like, like your uncle, when you're a kid, like sometimes an uncle can get you to do something where your parent can't. And so you need that other vehicle to get you there. Yeah. I think as a financial planner, uh, similar to, to, your, uh, to your wife, Cindy, uh, then often, and what Cindy is referred to sometimes, but I'm of, often referred to as um, uh, your favorite uncle or so, you know, that trusted person in the family that everybody turns to when they have any questions around money. And uh, I think your podcast is becoming one of those uh, centers, if you like, of uh, information where if somebody is not quite sure of something, I'm wondering if uh, it's being covered in your podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's what we're trying to do. Like you, you can go, you know, we've been out since April of 2020. Um, so we're on our 63rd coming out. And then each week on Thursdays, we give a financial tip that's more like, hey, this is how you can save money on this. Or this is, you know, you can roll your closing costs in the mortgage or whatever. Like there's all these, like you can buy tires online that are barely used and save half the cost. We'll come up with whatever it is. It's not frugality. It's here's just a smart way to spend your money. And so that's how we balance it out. And we feel, especially as we keep doing more and more of these, um, it's kind of like an encyclopedia. Hopefully you can, like you're saying, you can pick pretty much any subject you want and we'll cover it. And if we haven't, send us a question, which we love answering, and we will cover your scenario. And that's, that's the hope. Yeah, I love those uh, short uh, tips because I think that, uh, again, the feedback I've had with mine is that, um, they don't always want to li listen to a 30 minutes or a 40 minutes podcast, um, but they do want something which is just a little soundbite in terms of there is something burning that's going on in their lives or they're about to make an import uh, important purchase or a decision. And sometimes there's a quick two or three minutes uh, as if you're asking a question of somebody and it's their bang, uh, they can take something from it. 100%. That's what you want. And then you're helping somebody out and you feel good from your show that someone's telling you, hey, I really thank you for giving this to me. And that's the reward that you get from doing the work. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of the feedback you get from your listeners. So uh, have you had any strange requests in terms of topics uh, to cover? What's, give me some examples of the types of things that you've been asked to cover. It's not really anything strange. We haven't had any negative feedback yet, which I'm shocked because eventually you're going to get some from somebody who doesn't like what you're doing. Um, you know, people will ask scenario-based things like um, I'm, I, um, I'm losing my job and my wife needs to, you know, here we invest X amount. Can my, uh, should I, we like take my wife's extra money and put it into a, uh, an IRA or should yeah. we go invest it in her 401k? Something like that scenario-based. And then we'll, um, sometimes I'll write them back and say, Hey, can you give me a little more info, but we don't have to use your name. You don't have to tell me this yeah. or that. But I need enough to give them some questions, but we might say, Hey, you know, depending on your money goes up and down in your situation, you can make sure you get the free money out of your 401k. And if you want to invest on the side to have more cash in your pocket, because you're not tied up by the government rules of being able to take out without penalty from age 59 and a half or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll say something like that. Um, we, we, I, we know we get a lot of feedback, not even on the questions. It might just say, hey, can you do a, can you do a scenario on this? 
like um, we, we're going to do this. We've kind of touched upon it in one podcast, but someone recently said to me, um, how do you feel about family finances? Do you manage your finances as individuals in yeah, your partner yeah. together? And that's a, like a great subject. So these are things that, again, a little off the cuff, but um, stuff that we like to talk about because everyone will just look and say, yeah, here's how I, again, here's 401k and this is how I budget. What are the things that you deal with in life on a regular basis that doesn't necessarily get talked about that you can go find? And that's, um, that's the kind of stuff that we get. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I will say this. We've had some, we've, we touched upon the fire movement of late and okay. we definitely get some fire fiery responses out of that one more i think than anything because it's um you know it's <laughs> it's very very hard to pull out the fire movement in our opinion um successfully or without the risks the caveats that has really been the number one thing um so i won't go too long on this but basically if you retire between 35 and 40 with this that lean fired a million dollars yeah um that's what these younger folks are trying to do and we think it's great because you're supposed to be debt free but if you're 40 and you live to 85, which is very feasible now and even beyond with technology and medicine, yeah. Yeah. Um, at least here in the States, I know it works a little bit differently in, in other countries, but either way, um, you know, if you want to pay for your daughter's wedding or you run into a health problem because you have to pay your own health insurance, you're also making little to no money. You're not paying into social security. Um, you know, something could fall on your house, like a tree and break it. I mean, it, there's a, so many scenarios that we just said to, to live that many years, and not be able to uh, get around Murphy's law. It's very tough to do. And you have to live very frugally at the same time. So, and the third thing is you're, you're investing your money at the same time. And when you retire, you're supposed to have capital preservation. You shouldn't be really into the market and hopefully they're conservative if they do it. So those things, things together are very risky. And if you pull it off, do you want to live really frugally? And most people don't. If you do, it's great. We're not against it. But we just say, listen, these are a lot of big caveats, but, you know, that's a little bit different of a generation and they, they, you know, they're really stuck to their ideals and we think it's great. We just, you know, give them a lot of information. Just be careful and be aware before you go into it that you know what you're doing. Yeah. There's another important aspect to that as well. And often I think this is missed, but we all need a purpose to get up in the mornings. Um, so you, even if you have the means to do it, uh, the days and weeks and months and years can be very long if you've got no reason to get up in the morning and have a purpose of, about what you're going to do in that day. So financially vital, uh, but there's much more to it than just the financial aspect of things as well. Oh my, yeah. I, you know, my, I was a kid, I went up to like in Michigan, we go, as soon as you go, keep going north, it's called up north and there's a lot of, um, it's not as built out. So there's a lot yeah. of lake you know, a lot of, it's a great state. Yeah. And so I went up to like my grandfather's cottage with my brothers for, for years and, uh, um, hardworking guy, steel mill, didn't graduate high school, worked in the coal mines. Just, I learned a lot of stuff from him and he just was always moving and doing things. And then when he went to Florida and then he got out of the community and he just kind of went to this house in a neighborhood with my grandmother and he just laid around. And he became too, like, I swear he was triple the size that he was. And he's not, he's, I'm not a big guy, but he's smaller than yeah. me. And he triple his size and he just laid there all day. And he basically got overweight and sluggish and, and just kind of just wanted to die. And I'm, and that was a big lesson for me to say, I, I you know, it's, it's not in my DNA, I don't think, but I'm not that old yet. But I just, it's really like, it's it really just implanted in my brain to stay and I'm with you, you have to stay active. I mean, retirement's kind of a goofy word. You know, it's not what it's cracked up to be necessarily. And I, right now I'm not working. I'm, I'm working on all of this to build it out. My, we have money we save, so I'm taking some yeah. time off to do this and I'm busy, but there's part of me that still wants to, I might go do some side hustle work or some freelance or just contract work because, because that's a, it just draws you back in about earning money, even though in a lot of ways money isn't even real. <laughs> <laughs> true true yeah i think re uh, retirement in particular conjures up uh, different um, images to different people because life has certainly changed to what it would have been 10 20 30 years ago retirement doesn't stop dead uh retirement can last for many many years um, and the way or the certainly the the trend is to gradually go into retirement uh, over a period of time and get used to obviously that lifestyle rather than going cold turkey, which a lot of people uh, have done in the past. And then if they've got no interest, no hobbies, uh, as you know, I mentioned earlier, no purpose, then retirement can be a difficult place. So there is definitely uh, much more of a, 
a trend of gradually going into retirements and or just changing lifestyles. Uh, you know, you can work part-time uh, or you can do a different role. You can do many different things rather than just stopping altogether. Yeah, well, we were hunters and gatherers, right? Foragers way back whenever. So that is in the DNA and your body needs movement. And um, again, purpose is a great word that you used. Um, and if here's the deal, if you, if you've planned and saved well, and then you want to gradually do what you've said, or just when I'm done, like, here's the problem. If you don't have hobbies and solutions during your life. And if like my grandfather basically didn't have a lot because all he knew was hard work and building yeah. things and he didn't do anything else to keep him busy or he yeah. didn't have any hobbies, lived kind of in a box in a way. So I don't, if you want to go volunteer, you can, if you want to go work at Home Depot, you can, you could like, there's, like you said, there's always somebody who needs help. So you can stay busy. And I think if you get your mind in that paradigm over that's all I do is work and go home. Um, that's where they don't know anything different and to get them to shift is, is a big problem, but, um, you have to, you have to keep moving around and keep your brain active. It's just, it's, it's, it's not scientific or it is, but it's very logical. It's very easy yeah. to understand. Absolutely. Uh, and again, another issue I think is, uh, uh, money is just, is, uh, you know, you, you build up funds and you invest, et cetera, et cetera. But it's about uh, giving you choices. Because yeah, if you uh, haven't got the financial means, you have no choices. Absolutely. Great, great analogy. Yeah, that, I, we think about it that way too. Like it's about, I always use the word options, but it's choices. Um, I think when it comes to what people need to look at when you say, I want to retire or get to a point where I can have more of these choices is that your nest egg, whether how you get it through it's an employer or what you save on your own or any government assistance, First of all, we first here in the states, we never say plan on social security as a nest egg, even though yeah. it's designed for forty percent replacement income. Yeah. Don't look at it that way. You are your own financial manager. Yeah. But what people don't look at is that you are your nest egg is one giant insurance policy. And like you're, you've said, the goal is to make as much as you can or get that built up as much as you can. Yeah. Because you're not taking all of it out. Yeah. So the bigger it is, because here we use the 4% rule and that's even getting in question now that it might be too much. Yeah. 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 So, we, have, right. we have the same here, but uh, I would, uh, I would, uh, it's definitely being questioned to a lower level than that. Okay. So if it's not four, let's say it's three and yeah. you have a million bucks. Well, that's only $30,000 a year. Exactly. Yeah. So if the government kicks in some stuff, that's okay. That's great that you earned it to do that, but maybe that's, that's not a lot. So that's why people don't think of it that way. And they, so we, I've been around plenty of people who have money and way more money than I'll ever have. This is super rich. I've been around and I've been on the lowest levels. I've been, I've seen it all. But the one thing that even the people who have a lot of money will tell you is that you never have enough money. No, no. Uh, we're, all, we're all on different levels. And I think what people don't uh, and often uh, appreciate is that uh, the level of income or capital value they require to give them the lifestyle that they want. And obviously at the time that you want it for as long as they, they want that lifestyle. So um, sometimes people know part of this, but putting it all together is a different, it's a different uh, animal altogether. That's what Cindy does with her work. They'll, um, and I'm sure other firms do it, but it's like a Monte Carlo or yeah. like a, um, yeah. you, you basically, um, or they call it an envision. It depends what program yeah. it is, but you someone who's active with their money will go in and they'll sit down and based on what they want and yeah. want to do yeah. hitting these numbers, they'll put all that out. Um, but those people are also managing their money and that's why they're in there talking to her or other people. Like, yeah, the vast majority, they, it's kind of like the buy now pay later in a way scenario. And that's the other thing, at least in here. And I think it's very similar to where you're at, but three quarters of all people in this country live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, and that means when they hit 65, when you get Medicare here, it's 80% paid for, which is great. Um, but that's kind of like that number people can get to. It's like a lot of relief. You can take social security at 62 if you want. And most people do, because by the time you hit 77, depending on your, your nut, um, somewhere in that range, it takes a number of years to, to even out if you de delayed it because they give you more, the longer you delay. Yeah. yeah. But by then they're like, I'm going to live to, I might live to 80. So I'm taking my money at 62. So <laughs> You know, and that's so, but the, the point is, is that most people, if they're living that way and they go into um, that 65 age, for example, they have to keep working or unless they're forced out due to health or something like that. That means 
their debts are not paid off. And then, and that's the other, and, and this refinancing is huge right now. Yeah. So what people also don't realize is, Hey, I'm, I'm 35. Well, I just refined my mortgage. Cool. Like, Hey, I'm 42. I just refined my mortgage. Well, guess what? If, if it's a 30 year mortgage, you now, if you pay that on normal standards, you'll be 72 and the house is paid off. Like these are the things they like you're, you're alluding to. They don't think about the future, but those are yeah. things you really have to think about. Yeah. I think there's great synergies between your podcast and mine. And it's all about uh, education uh, to obviously uh, the listeners that there are so many different things that you can do to improve uh, your financial well-being. Uh, and they're not always big things. They are little, little uh, tricks or tips, if you like, that you can do. But it, makes, it can make a big difference uh, to your lives, not just now, but um, especially uh, uh, going forward. Because you'll either have uh, more money uh, to save and invest, or you'll have uh, a better lifestyle at whatever point that's going to be. But there are so many things that people can uh, learn from the podcast, such as ours. And um, it's only good news. What, uh, if I can ask you a question, what's the, what's the one thing that you get that's the most valuable what is what do you find that people are learning from your show that they're taking away that that you've helped them with like when you said something little or something that's like it must something must pop up more than others i'm guessing well it's, it's really is about uh, learning to, to understand that they people can do most of this for themselves uh, so you know there's there is no um complicated formula of a lot of these things is that uh, there, are, there are basic building blocks in terms of uh, personal financial planning, if you like, and that is to understand where you are right now, uh, where you want to be, and then there is a roadmap, a financial roadmap that can get you there. And depending on where, what your starting point is, there are certain um, uh, stages or steps that you take to get you there, but they're not always big steps. They can often be small steps, but you can do this yourselves with a bit of guidance, with a bit of uh, knowledge that you may not have. And uh, your podcast and mine and lots of content that we, we both put out helps an awful lot of people and probably more so than what we realize. Yeah. Um, this, this is another show we might do just more the psychology of money coming up. But I say this, if I stayed in my first house, I, I believe I paid $72,500 for it. It's thousand square feet starting out. Yeah. And no, and I've been divorced since then and had one child. And now I have two others with Cindy and a blended family, but conceivably speaking, I've been, I have five houses now I've been yeah. in selling the other one. We're down to, we're getting down to one. And then that's, we're just simplifying right now. But I look back at all that. If I stayed in the first house. I could have paid for that several times over. And so it's it, money, if you have the ability to live on your own and for the most part, barring anything tragic or unforeseen, but for the majority of the people, when you have ability to go live on your own, that means you again, like you said, you have yeah. choice. Yeah. And so a lot of the money that you choose to spend is, is the choice. It's not, so people tend to spend more when they make more. And it's cool if you pay yourself first and invest at the same time, you've earned the money, you should, but that doesn't usually work out that way. So again, it just fees. Sometimes Cindy and I will be on a walk and like, you know, we could stay just kind of funny, but if we stayed in this house where it's 800 square feet. We could live like we would, we could just throw money away and not even look at a budget. And, but that's, you know, you, but you have a choice not to, do you want to stay in a certain lifestyle, but you could. So for the most part, we'll tell somebody you can do these things like you said, Tony, but in the same token, you can also do these other things if you choose to do it, but you have to make sacrifices to get yourself out of where you're at. Or if I'm not projecting for a lifestyle that I'd want, if I actually look into it, I got to make changes now, but don't tell me that you can't do it because that is not the right answer. If you, uh, if you set your store out and you plan for something with small regular steps, you will get there. And to some extent, uh, the worst that's going to happen is that you fall short, but you can still have a very good lifestyle uh, in latter years. Um, uh, but you won't unless you make these plans and, and until you take these steps. But you know how people need to know how to do this. And that is where I find, certainly my listeners, they don't know where to start. Yeah, that's true. Even though you can go to the internet and type in stuff, right? But it, but it's it, it's but it's a, it's a lot to take on. So that's the that's the thing. It's not like learning how to edit a TikTok video. It's it's 
work and then it's foreign and it feels overwhelming and um and i think you have to be willing just to put in the time to do it. it's a big exercise especially if you haven't done it and the longer that you haven't done it when you're out in the working world with all the things you've built up for, for responsibilities and bills it's that much more daunting to start out yeah and uh, the fear of getting it wrong um, people often don't start in the first place uh, rather than being afraid to, uh, to mess up and get it uh, or make things even worse um, but there's one thing for sure, unless you make a start, you're not going to make, uh, improve your situation. It's going to be down to potluck. Well, I think it's fair to say that at least in my experience, that once someone chooses to budget, manage your finances, and then that leads to uh, and putting your money away or investing it, um, they never, it's rare that they go to the dark side and turn it to Darth Vader. They remain <laughs> Luke Skywalker. And so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking about a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows what the dark side means, even if they haven't seen Star Wars. Yeah. So, um, but it's just true. Like once you get there, they you someone to flip over to go to the back again. It just it almost never happens. So yeah. that's the beauty of it. Like it's almost a hundred percent guarantee. Once they, um, once they get it in plan, the plan in place, and actually start executing it. Yeah. There's another. There's another spinoff from this as well. We you know most of us will have children. Uh, those habits that you have uh, in your lifetime, uh, if you've learned these, uh, these skills, these tricks, these tips, if you like, then you can pass that on down to the next generation and so on and so on. And we all become better uh, at this and uh, benefit from it. Yeah, I would say that um, my son said to me, oh, maybe six weeks ago, and uh, him and my uh, daughter Haley, were uh, they both graduated from college at the same time. And, um, because they're blended yeah. and, um, he and her got a house together with one of Chase's friends. Yeah. And so they were going through the experience of getting a house and renting it. And it's, it's, it was a lot harder than it looked because they, the houses go so fast. So that was the reality yeah. of the market and filling out application forms and how do I do this and how do I do that and yeah. security deposit and my income and all. And he's just like, it's really cool to be able to have parents like you that, um, understand money that able, able to teach us things. Um, because most kids don't have that. Um, it's funny too, like Haley's friends, um, they feel like we're middle class and it's cool to be middle class. I, I don't care, but we have a lot more money than that, but it doesn't look like it to them. But Cindy and I, when we get together, all the kids, all the kids went to a different high school. So we downgraded about this old cool house and figured this is a great place to go ride it out. And they're going to be in college in three years. And so yeah. it's the best investment we ever made, but these are the things. And that's, what's funny about it. Cause Haley's like, you probably have more money than all of them combined. But the thing is, is that they um, learn these, these tools. So, um, you know, in the same token, I think that, you know, with our kids, we, um, when they had time to do things outside of school, because two of them really went to took a bunch of AP classes and were good students, you don't want to get in their way of that. But when you have some time, you need to go work. You need to understand what it learns to make, you know, for to learn to make a dollar. And that's what our philosophy was. We didn't just hand them the car keys, but they certainly weren't um, they weren't spoiled by any stretch. But they also um, had did not were not suffering. It was a balance between having this and then earning that. And when they start making money, even as high school, as they stop asking it from you. So, right. So, Hey, I can pay for my own smoothie. I can go, you know, I'll, I'll pay for my cell phone plan um, or the data or something. And those things started to transpire. And as they, they've gone through um, getting jobs and, and getting budgets and paying for things and, and setting up the electric bill and all, I can name all these things. Um, they all have these skills now. And we're starting to see it with all three kids where they have the skills to ask questions and learn still for the getting through it. And they're not, they're not out in the dark and, they're going to be off to a really nice footprint because they really had that education. And that's how it's generational. You have to pass it down to your family members. Uh, I think it's one of the best lessons that we can pass on to our children, you know, uh, with all of these things. Um, but they also learn to cope on their own. Uh, nothing will be daunting to them. Uh, you know, they've gone through the experiences that you've shown them and taught them and they know how to deal with these problems because, you know, things, new things will crop up. But whereas if they didn't have these lessons from you, then they could be sort of in a panic. I can't, don't know what to do. don't know where to go. Uh, I'm in a mess, but no, we've had these issues before. This is how we solved them before. There's got to be a similar way how we solve these other future problems. You just got to realize sometimes for a while, 
it's, it might not be good. Sometimes you're going to have to take a couple steps back. That's just life. That, that things happen. And so you, you can't just say, well, all right, well, I got an answer and it's going to be fixed right away. It's like life is always a juggling game of negative and positive. And listen, if you typically manage your money, well, you'll always be in good shape because you're, yeah. you're creating insurance policies while you're building the big one. Um, but yeah, when they don't know and they've had no experience, you know, they, they can, they can wig out a little bit and, um, you're hoping that with enough guidance, but the same token, they have to go through the experience themselves. You can't, you can't walk them through, you know, hand in hand the whole time. You got to give the guidance and let them, let them sweat it out a little bit. And then once they get through that with understanding, they made the right moves and what it took to get there, it makes them, again, that's that building of, okay, now I'm going to start looking at myself a little bit deeper into these other things that I'm dealing when it comes to life and money. And um, that starts building that block up as long as they, that, that they have to come out on the positive side of what it, what they gained out of it though. Not what the negative was, the positive. Uh, I, well, I think you've hit it on a nail. Life isn't easy. Uh, no, we all go through challenges. Uh, it's how you deal with those challenges is the key. Uh, life is often uh, probably best two steps forward, one step backwards. Um, but it's having those skills and the know-how how to deal with life, whatever it uh, throws at you. And yes, it's not always financial. It's obviously just life issues full stop. But the lessons that you teach uh, our own children are lifelong valuable lessons that they will um, put them in good stead for uh, the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think this is the one thing I've learned in life. Um, when someone has, even individually, but when you have a big problem, maybe like I was divorced, I was a lot to deal with, for example. Well, usually if you work with enough people around them and then you know something's going on with them, that is such a big thing that happened to them. It could, it could be whatever it is. It could be yeah. a death, it could be whatever, yeah. whatever it is. It consumes them so that they um, let the other things around it crumble. The, the day-to-day, the management of your life around it, it, it starts to suffer a lot. And that's the hardest thing to do is you have to be able to knock out and maintain your normal life, even if it hurts and you have no willpower to do it while this bigger thing is going on. And then it, and that's why I think a lot of people fail mentally, physically and financially is because it's so hard to overcome that. And that's again, what I learned and that if I got this thing in my mind all the time, I still have to cook dinner and I got to go do the lawn and I got to pay a bill and I got to maintain my friendships and I have, even if I have, again, no mood to do it, I got to pick up the phone because I yeah. said I would. I have to go yeah. do this because I said I would. And then when you want some, you know, you're going to be thinking about it anyway. And then when you're done with those things and maintain the, 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 you know, the drawbridges up on the moat and everything's cool right now in your castle, then you have that quiet time to go deal with the rest of it. But that's, if you don't do that, people, that's where you fail. You have to be able to maintain life with one big problem at the same time or two. And you're always going to have those, always going to have them in some shape or form. Absolutely. Uh, David, tell me what is uh, next for you, Cindy, and the podcast and the work that you're doing? So we uh, just had a studio built in the, our, our dungeon down here, we called it. And uh, it's an old house in the, built in the 20s, built under a garage. It wasn't even meant for a basement. So we, we uh, spent a lot of time building it out. <laughs> but it looks, it's really, I mean, it's really, it's really nice. I mean, Cindy actually let me design it, which is great. I can't believe it. <laughs> And she gets the decorated. You got, she so trusts in you with tears, Dad. This has never happened. Usually we argue over what we're going to do. And, you know, so I think our new partnership is I mainly get to design the things with some input and then she gets to go decorate it. Um, but yeah, we, um, but the cool thing is, and this kind of gets back to what we've been talking about family, is that Justin is Cindy's first son. Yeah. And he um, actually, he's in wealth management in, at her firm and he's doing really well. And he's, he's actually going to be leaving. He wants to go into video production. He's been slowly doing it, but he produces the podcast Does he? along with his girlfriend. And so we have all these lights and the TV and the, and the, all the equipment and the capture cards and the video switchers. It's like a real video production. So um, Chase does a lot of audio and clipping of uh, video as well. Haley got an internship at college to do the social media. So everybody's involved in the work. So we have like real meetings and learning and growing with this whole thing. But um, yeah, we wanted to get the video to hit YouTube yeah. and that's a long road to, to, to get your audience, of yeah. course. But that leads into um, really, after, we're doing TikTok now, but TikToks, we have to do 
to them because that's probably our easiest outreach and we've done okay with that. Trying to reach a broader audience. So the video is powerful because you can put it on all the social media where people tend to look at it and see it more because it's, it's more personal, I believe. Yeah. Um, but then we're also, um, I, I customized and built out the whole website. So um, the, uh, the, the blog, the podcast is on there, of course, but you can go anywhere. And then yeah. there's the transcripts in the blog. And then I put other education and I put my uh, first 10 chapters of the book on budgeting on there. So I'm adding all of that up. And then we're going to have the merchandise and, and the, probably a Patreon so, so we can do offs, offbeat things that people want to listen to. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I'm going to reach out to more. I'm getting more podcasts to interview like yours so that we can um, outreach. And then I'll work it more into um, getting on to uh, some news sites or local media and things like that to just kind of keep building it up. And then I think the, we're going to podcast media or um, podcast movement in August, which is, I think, the b- biggest, biggest show in the world in terms of podcasting. Okay. So we've never done that. So we're going to go try to meet and network and just um, let me tell you this, Tony, we we're not even, I haven't even tried to monetize this and I, I could um, how to what a level I don't know yet. That's not what we're, we will yeah. eventually know that Cindy and I have a bigger plan. We want to go in the next maybe two to five years if we can. Um, we have our, our book to finish. Um, but with all of those things that I just mentioned, it's more of a, a resume building thing so that we want to go out and teach if we can go hit the road and go into businesses and colleges and high schools and um, uh, just basically hit the road. And so we need to build all that up so that I can go pay basically probably, probably pay a publicist a lot of money after we build this up to get us to move around and book us gigs. But that's ultimately what we'd love to do and get into a for time part of the year, go into a, like a, a cool RV of some sort or a yeah. Dodge a Sprinter Mercedes van and move around the country at points in time and just really go hit the road and help people because we love talking together and we have a common mission and this whole thing is about giving back at our age more than anything that's why we did it and so hopefully that's what we can achieve ultimately but it's you know it takes a lot of work so we're just we're kind of on stage two right now uh i love that because um again believe it or not uh we are not million uh, miles from having the same um, aspirations and goals. And uh, I came from very humble beginnings as well. Um, my mum divorced uh, three times, so we never had any money. Um, life was difficult at the very start. And from an early age, I never wanted to be in that sort of dire straits that we were uh, in my adult life. And so I set about uh, building my career, not first of all, because I was an engineer. Um, I was an engineer of uh, big factories in the UK in my early 20s, which was quite a responsibility at the time. I went into teaching after that as well. Um, I was made redundant. And as you do with financial services in the UK, I don't know if it is in the the States, but you fall into financial services rather than a, a natural decision-making process, shall we say. Um, But I never uh, look back. Uh, I found if I found my my niche, my reason why, if you like, and um, like you, um, I like to help uh, people. And now I'm more probably, uh, obviously, uh, experienced down the road, shall we say, in terms of my career and obviously my own business. So I'm certainly in a position now where I can give an awful lot more back to people who can't afford to employ me uh, to do their wealth management and financial planning. Um, but I know, you know, I'm only serving, I don't know, maybe 5% or less of the population in terms of certainly in the UK. And there's so many other people out there who need uh, my um, help and advice or education, if you like, um, much more uh, than it's possible. So, these are the best mediums to do it, which is uh, also our social media, whether it's podcasts, YouTube, whatever it is. We can help many more people by uh, these means than you can on a face-to-face basis, which is obviously what my day job is. So, Yeah, that's great. I, I, and we, we love it. And a lot of times, um, if you have like a financial podcast like this, other podcasts won't take other people like you or me because they feel like it's like maybe competition um, per se, but I don't look at it like that at all. Like I'm, I'm really glad you brought me on here. Maybe Cindy in the future. Yeah. I'd love to, just love to have Cindy on as well. So. You and I have the same message. Yeah. I appreciate that. And we have the same message where other people might be looking to have a different viewpoint or monetization. You and I and Cindy have the holistic goal of just giving back. So 
we love the fact that, you know, hopefully like this conversation, like you said, somebody gets something out of it and then I spread and you spread and maybe we find some new people and then it, it grows. And that, you know, the funny thing is when you give back to people who can't pay you to do it per se, or you're doing it more of a, a altruistic type of thing, it doesn't, it doesn't pay anyway. And like a lot of the jobs that help people out that need it, they don't pay. It just doesn't, that's how life works. But you can't beat the greater joy of, you know, feeling good about when you help somebody out. You can't replace that part about it. So if you can do that and then that's what you get out of it, then, you know, I think we're winners. Uh, absolutely. I think the one thing that we both learned uh, today um, is that the same problems exist in the States and the same problems exist in the UK and Europe. Yes, sir. <laughs> so um, so I, I, I've got no doubt it's the same wherever we are in the, in the world, in the, in the, um, uh, Western world anyway. So David, um, we're coming towards the end of the, the show today. So if people want to, uh, listen to your excellent podcast and read your blogs and all the content you got out there, where are the best places for them to find you? Uh, you can go to any, uh, platform that streams, um, podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, geez, I can't even think of all of them. Deezer, Whatever's out there, you can find Amazon, wherever, wherever they hold, host them, we're there. Um, <clears throat> in terms of social media, we're on we're LinkedIn and Facebook, um, Instagram and TikTok. That's uh, actually SOMM.podcast. You can find that there. That's so okay. we always keep those social media handles moving. The website is somethingonmymind.net. Okay. And we, again, uh, the, the episodes are there. The blog transcripts are there, and then you can find other education that I continuously post each week to, to keep building that out. And so that is where you can find us. Okay, brilliant. I will put all these links up on the show notes. So, so anybody listening who wants to find them, there's a nice, easy way for you to do that. I appreciate that. Uh, and I would recommend anybody listens to your podcast because uh, you can't fail to have some real insights and some great tips on some very important subjects which are not as daunting as you may first uh, think. Yeah, no, the funny thing is, I think some people are just listening for the humor side on, 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 non, on the non-finance subjects. <laughs> we all look, we all know humor is a great way to get your message across. And um, um, I had a guy on uh, a few weeks ago, which was uh, funny videos, and he was brilliant. Uh, the message was so um, impactful. Uh, I think it just proves the point. If you can do something with humor, uh, then uh, you are going to get your message across much better. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody wants to laugh, right? Of you don't course want to they do. In a bad mood. You want to, you want to feel good. <laughs> you don't want to listen to or watch something that's just going to make you uh, miserable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I want to feel bad. I'm going to go listen to this guy. There's plenty of crime shows out there. You can watch those all day long. I'm like, have this many people really been killed? Yep. Actually, there are. You can keep listening for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not sure what that turns those individuals into, but uh, hopefully not mass murderers or anything like that. So um, there's a question I like to ask all of my guests. And um, so I'm going to ask you the same question as well, David. Uh, and that question is, what does wealth mean to you? It's a great question. Um, wealth means to me maybe a few things. Uh, I think you have to look at it as an individual. And that's the one problem people have. So wealth to me is I need to manage my own house. I can't worry about what everybody else thinks of me or how they view me because they probably don't know the real answer anyway. So you're, my job is to make sure that I put myself together with a lifestyle that I, within my means. And if I want to make more, then it's, my, it's on me to go make more if I want that. And if I don't, that's fine too. That's again, that's a choice. However, um, the goal for me is to, when it comes to wealth, um, yeah, you want to be able to do things that you want to do in life as you go and feel comfortable that you're taking care of yourself for the future at the same time. And you know what that balance is and you know if it's right. Any, everybody does if they pay attention to money. And so um, I have a plan set up with Cindy that we'll have enough money that we won't have debt and we really don't. But when we're done, when, and this is what we say all the time, or I always say with Cindy, is that when you want to stop working, even if you choose to go do some side things or stay busy, is that you want to live the same way in the last day of your quote unquote real job as the first day you do live in retirement. Yeah. That's the goal. That's, so 
when it comes to, does that mean you, do you have to be wealthy in terms of what defines wealth? Like I think in the United States, there's 18 million millionaires households, which seems like a lot, but a population of 360 million, I don't know if that's a lot or not by percentage little, but most people don't accumulate even close to that. So, so, but someone could work um, a, a middle-class job or two of them in a household. And if they put their money away, right, when they're done, <clears throat> they can live that lifestyle that they're used to. They may not be wealthy, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, but what they can do is live that lifestyle that they're accustomed to and they're probably okay with it rather than somebody who can't. And that's the biggest failure when it comes, when you talk about wealth, it's like if you, you have to quit working or you're stuck, that you can't, you don't have those options. Yes. And then that's where the wealth part comes in because you're not wealthy enough to go make your choices and you're stuck. So that's how I look at wealth. It doesn't matter how much you have. It's within what you need to live your life within. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and for me, it's all about having that balance in all aspects of your life as well. So it's relationships, health, uh, both physical and mental, as well as your financial side of it. So to have that um, uh, wealthy life, if you like, then you need to have um, you know, that balance between all of those aspects. Uh, but it does... Uh, we've talked about this a few times or we've mentioned this a few times it's all about choices you can make this happen you can make these choices but you do have to make a start and put the plans and the steps in place and learn about how to uh, manage uh, your own money in a much more effective way than perhaps sometimes we are doing already it's no different than saying I'm going to eat chicken or pizza tonight you made a choice it's that it really is that simple you make choices all day long I am 100% agree yeah absolutely david it's been a pleasure to have you on the show i've really enjoyed it um i've got no doubt my listeners are going to, going to enjoy it as well and um i'd like to wish you all the very best with your podcast on all the uh the things that you want to do and plan to do and you've made a brilliant start you've got uh, more or less a family enterprise going there to share the same message. So I salute you for doing that because we're on the same page. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tony. I, um, thanks for, I really appreciate coming on. I've had a great time and uh, hopefully, you know, people like you and I are going to keep helping the others in the world that need it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk or my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how? You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.